Derek, I'm first of all, I'm, I'm honored to have you on the on the podcast. I know uh, you probably get asked to do this a lot, and so I'm very happy that you've taken the time with us today. And so, please provide you know a, a quick introduction and what makes you human. Sure. Well, likewise, thank you for the opportunity to speak with you today and your listeners. Uh, so I'm Derek Munson. I'm the president and CEO of LifeGuides. We're a public benefit corporation, and we've built a technology platform that allows people to find others who can be their guides in life's journey, life's opportunities for growth, life's challenges, and really just who can understand firsthand what someone's experiencing. So um, it could be positive things like becoming a new parent and wanting to receive guidance in that. It could be a more challenging situation like a loss of a loved one due to an unexpected illness or, or an accident and everything in between, right? We have all aspects of, of life and the idea is that something that someone's experiencing, someone else has, has lived it and can be a source of advice and counsel and empathy and support for someone and providing a path more healthily through whatever that is. And what makes me human, um, so I'm a I'm an explorer of, of life's mysteries is is one thing. That's, that's why I do what I do. I'm a, I'm a student of philosophy and psychology and consciousness, and I've been doing that my entire life pretty much. And in this present moment, uh, I'm also a father of two, soon to be three, young children, and married to my wife of six years. And um, we relocated to Phoenix, Arizona, right at the start of the pandemic, just before the start of the pandemic, from the East Coast, which is where we're both originally from. And so and a lot of our family is still all back that way. So we're really living out here on an adventure, if you will, literally uh, in a really unique time in, in human history and raising, raising children amidst all that. Uh, so that's a little bit about me, you know, as a, as a band, as a person. And then um, that, that innate curiosity and that exploration is something that I've brought into life guides and adventures that I've, that I've been a part of. So that's a little bit about me, Angela. That's awesome. Well, I, I love that answer. And, um, you know, it's it's really a, an interesting time, I think, for folks in our industry in particular. Uh, and I think there's this uh, merging of, you know, your the, the employee life cycle and the, life, the human life cycle, right? And I think people are realizing, yeah, yeah. you know what? You can't separate it. You can't separate the work human from the human. And so uh, yeah, yeah. I love the, the solution that you all have provided to recognize that. And so how does it, because yeah, yeah. I, you know, when I hear about solutions like this, people sometimes say, well, isn't that like a EAP program? But I, I, I feel that the solution that you have is a little unique and differentiated. So yeah, tell, yes. us, tell us more about that. Yeah, very much so. So I, I think the thing to keep in mind, too, is that is the bigger mission and vision of the company and how this all started. Right. So I had been one of the first um, investors in the company because I really believe in this idea that we could help people live happier, healthier lives and reduce the necessary struggle for, for a billion people over the next 15 years. Right? That's, our, that's our mission. And so it's much bigger than just a corporate benefit. It really is about creating a healthier, healthier human population, right? And, and doing that through connection and through understanding and through shared stories and experiences. Um, and what we've built, the best way to describe it is if you think of, match.com and how that changed how people looked at dating right you know 10 years ago 15 years ago you didn't you didn't find your your loved one or, or a dating partner on, a, on, the, on the internet you, you went to you know different groups you went through friends but that revolutionized how people found their their potential partners in life right and and it evolved beyond just that into you know a company like airbnb which was hey how, we have excess 
capacity? How do we turn this into something that is something that people can can share their experiences and share share their life in a different type of way and and earn from that? And so, really, what Life Guides is is a further iteration of that, except it's recognizing that literally sharing our experiences and our stories with one another and what I'll describe is what we lived in a tribal time, right? Where in, in tribal days, you would go out and find the elders and get their perspective on something. We now live in an 8 billion person interconnected tribe, right? And so what Life Guides is doing is, is facilitating that, that aspect is that you can connect with anyone in the world to quote unquote, be your guide and, and vice versa. People can become guides for others and share their own experiences and stories of what makes them uniquely human and, and a way to pay it forward and be of service and help heal mutually um, and whatever that path is. And that's what Life Guides is creating as the big vision. It just so happens that we've chosen to go after businesses as the way to, to deliver this model because we believe that, you know, at least historically, mental health, emotional well-being have been taboo, challenging subjects. And so this was part of the pandemic we were building this idea was that if you can open up the conversation with the organizations and make it acceptable for people to talk about where they are and to seek support, it can become acceptable wherever in the world and wherever in the context. And what's happened over the last 18 months with the pandemic is that the entire world has been confronted with the uncertainties and the unexpected of life. And everyone has been forced to reconcile with their, their mortality, with their values, with the lack of connectivity because we've been in quarantine and separated with um, just massive change and disruption that was never expected and people had to adapt in real time. And so Life Guides has been brought to the forefront of all that, right? It's been, it's, it's, it's highlighted the fact that businesses more than ever are a force for change and can, and take a responsibility in influencing that change. And more importantly, in influencing the well-being of their people and those families. And so that's where Life Guides is distinct is the, it's just the bigness of how we're looking to change, change the world and do it through the context of employer-offered services and support. Yes, well, I, I, I think um, the meta part of the conversation, I think, really resonates with me because I know you and I have talked about this, but I, I think there's this awakening around the workplace, the workplace's responsibility in society. Right. And I always yeah, like yeah. to say, you know, uh, workplaces have a responsibility to send happier, healthier humans home so that they are um, their families are happy, happier and healthier. Their communities are happy and healthier. And that has an impact on society. And I don't think yeah, yeah. that um, we've cracked that yet. I think this is an, this is a movement that's kind of emerging. It's been a long yeah, time yeah. coming. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, I think it is in the early days, right? I think there's definitely a shift and a recognition of that, but, but putting it into practice and putting it, you know, it's, 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 it's one thing to, to dream it. It's another thing to actually put it into reality and the work that is required and the decisions that are required and the conversations that have to happen within organizations and within those peoples. And really, again, I mean, it's, it's reconciling structure and systems with, you know, I had a conversation earlier with, with radical flexibility. And, if, and, and, you know, the world of business has been conditioned for building, building things a certain way. And now you need to be able to respond and, and create a whole, you know, spread of possibilities and how you solve it. So it, it just, 
yeah, I, I, it's, it's very dynamic. In the next decade, I think, Angela, is going to be a powerful time in terms of the, clear, quote, that awakening of business, right? The awakening or the awakening of the, of the consciousness within business and how leaders and companies do reinvest in the, well, the wellness or the, the, the flourishing of their, pop, of their people, right, is really what I think it is. Yes. And I think, um, you know, we've talked, we've been talking about investment for a while around well-being. And I think, you know, the, the, the traditional definition of wellness or well-being is like a wellness program, right? Or like a, yeah, you yeah. Know, a screening program that it all connects back to the profit, right? Like as a company, what am I going to get out of you know, treating my employees better and giving them resources and helping them. Now I think the yeah, conversation yeah. is shifting to its table stakes. I think you also yeah, have yeah. this like new generation, Gen Zs, which like I'm, I'm, I call myself an elder millennial. So like I'm old news you're, now. You're me both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're old news. We're out. Gen Z. I mean, this generation just blows me away. Uh, you know, I think we we were enlightened, but um, they are like they're enlightened and, and they're they're asking for things or asking for accountability, which is something that I think yeah, yeah. we we were like tiptoeing around. You know, <laughs> we were like, you should do that. But they're like, you you must do that, because if you don't, I'm not working for you. I don't want to have any, anything, any part of you. And so there's a yeah, heightened yeah. sense of accountability. I think that's going to catapult this forward. I agree with that. I agree with that. And um, I think a key part of what you're describing in, in, in a huge element of this conversation is the personal responsibility that employees have as well, right? That they, they also need to take responsibility to, to improve. It's a two-way conversation, right? And that's the, like, they are expecting it. And then in turn, they need to bring a higher level of accountability and standard to their own well-being and wellness and, and their and their teammates and their colleagues right so it i think it, it's not a, it, it's it's it does inform like yes it's a two-way conversation um and i think that that's an important piece too that that as people start to grow like yes we need to expect better from our from our companies from our people from our employers right and um they need to create it right be the change if you will as we talk about and so how do you do that right they need to put themselves in positions to actually do that and that also requires a degree of persistence and discomfort and other elements to go along with it too. And so I think it's an important, I think we're gonna see a really fascinating growth um, you know, in, in this conversation over the next decade um, for the exact reasons you've mentioned. Yeah, and it's, um, you bring up a great point. I think, I think it's gonna be a push and pull. Um, you know, I think the companies that are gonna be ahead of the game are going to not wait for the, wait for the advocacy, right. they're going right. to be the advocates for their yeah. people. Yes. And then the people who are behind are only going to do it because people are advocating for themselves. So yes, yes. Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting transformation. And there's going to be some companies who just don't get behind it. And I think those are the companies that are going to fail, uh, yeah. to be blunt. So it's just, yeah. so what do you think the, where do you think the mental block is happening? I, I guess let's take that group of companies, which I think is larger than most people think. You know, I think a lot yeah, of people yeah. think everyone's moving towards this, but I believe there's a... There's a, there's a chunk of people who are saying it and not doing anything or just not yeah, saying yeah. it and doing it. So where's the mental block? Well, I think there's a couple of parts to that. So, and, and it goes back to leadership is one part of it. But I think that, you know, we've, as a capitalist kind of model for the last, let's call it 50 years, because it's longer than that, but let's just say in the last 50 years in particular, 
um, and in the last 30 years, even more so, the movement towards truly maximizing shareholder value has been the guiding principle of business, right? And, um, you know, quarterly, excuse me, quarterly earnings uh, to return shareholder value have been a key metric for that. And short-term uh, behaviors uh, have been have been rewarded in that regard. And decisions that, that maximize that have been rewarded. So, you know, when it comes down to maximizing profit, cutting your people has been has been a thing that has been used as a as a as a, as a lever um and you know those are the kind of behaviors that that i think are not in the condition of a long-term model that supports overall again flourishing for everyone and i think that you know this is the conversation that i had earlier again about people are not just little chess pieces and and that you can just move around on the board right they're they're actually real humans with real Questions and purpose and meaning and families and considerations for their for their own for their own future and their, and their children's futures, that to be considered and you know um, that's a really that's a really big thing and so I think you know the the mental block is recognize if you want to call it that is this what I'll call being cap held captive to um, shareholder only ways of thinking right that that's that the bottom line. And growth at all costs is the only metric of success in business, and that's been rewarded. and And the incentive structure around that has been has been set up and and reinforces that pattern, and has been doing so for that period of time. And you, we collectively as leaders and organizations need to align our incentives and align our behavior around a longer term model for for growth and change the change the change the metrics of success. Right? I mean, I said this to another colleague the other day that if um, you're not looking out for the well-being of your people at the expense of your company's growth or profit, then you're still not a successful company. And as a matter of fact, just this week, um, you know, the SEC has made it a point that people now need to start disclosing their, their human capital or their people analytics. So if you are now, you know, executive team and you have massive, you know, uh, you know pay and equity or, you know, issues around your culture or different claims, like you have to disclose that, right? And so, the level of standard of accountability is increasing. And I believe that in doing that, people will also align incentives differently. And I think that that's the small step forward that we can take in shifting it, is shifting the, the, the behaviors that align with what we actually want to have happen. So if you want to have a healthier, happier, wealthier population, then put into practice methods that allow that to happen. And again, that goes also back, like I said, to employee choice. Like they have a responsibility as well to be healthy and to take care of themselves and to you know, to, to use the services and benefits that are being provided and, and to not just hold people accountable without, you know, without a reason. So I think it's a really important conversation that's starting. And it really is when I say it's early, like this is going to be a really compelling place to be in the next decade. Yeah. And, you know, I think even shareholders, uh, you know, boards are having these conversations where they're kind of looking around and thinking, gosh, you know, we, we don't have the diversity of thought or the diversity period to be able to make the right decisions about this transformation that's happening. So I'm just, first of all, I'm thrilled. I'm very optimistic that this is happening. It's been a long time. I mean, you and I have been working in this space for a while. So I think we, yeah, yeah. we've been, we've been preaching this for a long time. And so now it truly feels like the rest of the world is catching up and, um, you know, business leaders are seeing themselves as people leaders too, which yes. just makes me really excited. And we still have a lot of work to do. <laughs>
Yes. Yeah. And vice versa. Business people are seeing each other as people leaders and people leaders see themselves as business leaders. Right. And that's an important distinction. And, and that, that whole piece is an important part of how this evolves. Yes, so, so. absolutely. And, um, you know, it's just it's it's I think we're at a, a pivot point um, where I think the transformation is the like the, the gap is widening right now on um, people to really get on board and, and to, to shift paradigms. I think that's another piece is shifting the paradigm on uh, the workplace and the traditions and the things that haven't yeah, been yeah. serving us. And, you know, really thinking about like office culture, right? Uh, is that a yeah, thing anymore? Yeah. I don't think so. I think we're moving towards, you know, more of a hybrid workplace where choice yeah, yeah. and designing your own work place, right, in a way um, is, is yeah, going to be yeah. the future. And that's going to equate to, I mean, I'll give you an example. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm working from home now, uh, but, you know, my blood pressure has gone down significantly since I've been working from home mm-hmm. because I'm able to take a moment out of my day, meditate, go for a walk, you know, little things like that yeah, are yeah. just, if we can scale those types of things, it, it's going to make a huge impact on the world. Yeah, the opportunity to be healthier in all aspects of yourself, right? Yeah, and I agree. Time, time, freedom, and and employee freedom and choice is a big opportunity. And and the companies that are able to to create a healthy trade, if you will, of of the employees' needs and priorities and values with the company's needs and values and priorities, and where they intersect, and where there is a common choice to to build together in that way that's that's real where i believe real value will be created because it goes back to there's there's a there's a mutual investment in the bettering of the stakeholder the mutual stakeholder not just shareholder but that stakeholder and that's that's you know you know there's the whole idea that there's so many different stakeholders shareholders are a stakeholder but it's everyone it's the people it's the suppliers it's the, it's the employees, it's the families, it's even the employees of your competitors and the families of your competitors, right? I mean, like, that's all part of it too, right? So creating an environment where everyone can have an opportunity to win, that exists. We have the opportunity to create that. And we're being confronted with massive, massive challenges outside, right? I mean, look at what's happening in the world and the environment and all these different things. Like, that requires working together to solve. These are not easy challenges, right? They're also massive opportunities if, if, if looked at that properly. Right. And I think that's, yeah, that's, that, that's not to get too preachy about it, but I think that's a really big moment right now for us. So, yeah. And you've, you've mentioned leadership a few times. So, you know, I, I agree. I think um, the, it is on the leader's shoulders and, you know, working in HR, I can't tell you how many times I've been looked at and said, what are you going to do about that culture thing? And then I look back at yeah, them and yeah. say, what are you going to do about that culture thing? Cause it's your culture. It's your organizational you. culture. So what needs to change, do you feel like, for, like if you talk, think about leadership, the definition of leadership, the, the traditional construct of leadership, uh, what needs to change with this transformation um, when it comes to, to leadership? Well, I'll answer it in a somewhat maybe controversial way, um, that, that leadership, you know, leadership is all about advancing ideas and getting people to collaborate to, to achieve a goal, right? That's, that's part of, that's part of what a leader does, whatever that mission or, or, or purpose is. Um, but it also comes down to looking inward as a leader and saying, what's the example that I want to set 
for you know all the people that are affected. And it's not just the employees. It's, again, it's that broader picture of who who is your decisions having an influence on, right? And I think that leaders need to be doing that kind of self audit more frequently. Like really, like it's not they need to be thinking about that decision, that it's, it's they're broadening the, the, the spectrum of who they're considering when they're making decisions. And it's not just, I mean, yes, financial performance is important. And yes, business metrics that we've identified are, are an indicator, right? Those are important. But it goes back to, I think that um, leaders are being called to hold themselves to a standard of, of caring for, for lack of a better term, the people in their in their in their field right uh, and so that is a shift right that's a shift in i believe stylistically and philosophically from how the leaders over the last 20 years have been cultivated or promoted and i think that um that's it's not going to be a quick change either right it's going to happen in, in waves it's going to happen a little bit at a time um but i think that that's that's important um and i think that that's that's the big change that we are seeing um, and I believe that, um, yeah, it's really hard because it, I mean, it, you, it, it, I can speak for myself, like at times you, as a leader, you, it feels hypocritical, right? You got to make, you have to make hard decisions and you need to make it based on values, but you're also balancing the needs of different people. And it's hard. You're not going to please everybody and you have to be willing to sit in that discomfort and you have to be willing to, to, to do that and ultimately figure out what the right decisions are for your life, right? Like it, it's, I don't know. I think it's, if the simple answer is we need to do more work on cultivating the, I don't know, moral, moral aspects of leadership beyond just business leadership, right? Or beyond just individual ambition. Yeah. I mean, leader, leadership is legacy. That's, I mean, that's, yeah. that's yeah. how I see it, right? Is, you know, uh, everyone wants a legacy, but when you're a leader, you're, you're thinking about your legacy and the legacy of the people who you impact. And so, um, you know, I I'm a, maybe equally as controversial as I'm I'm a big advocate of let's we need less leaders, actually, because I think a lot mm. of people have climbed the ranks because of, uh, you know, being a great individual contributor. They're awesome at what they do, but they're not a leader. And we so right, I think right. as we redefine leadership, I think we're going to see less leaders because I think. As we create more career paths, like uh, organizations need to create more career, career paths for people who aren't leaders. We haven't done a good job of that. Once we do that, I think we're going to see less leaders and less and more quality, empathetic, people-centric leadership. Yeah. yeah. It's a really interesting perspective. Yeah. And I think it's true. And it just, it goes back to self-leadership, right? And what you're talking about. So yeah, that's, that's a really good concept. And leadership yeah. is a mentality too, right? So, you know, yeah, you may yeah. have people under you, but you don't have to be a team leader to be a leader. You could be an individual contributor who is influencing. Sure, sure. And so I think I think we're on, uh, at a pivot point there. And I think this all connects back to this idea of uh, well, individuals and the well-being. Well, I think the other thing you mentioned too is important about legacy, right? Like what is really legacy, right? And you think about that, like, in the scheme of it, like very few people are recognized for their individual, like for being an individual. That's not the point of legacy. The point of legacy is the wake that you're leaving behind in, in for the collective, for the, for many people, right? Like I think that's the mis, that's the misperception of what legacy is, right? Like, Oh, I want to create my legacy. Like, okay, then go help a bunch of people, right? Make the world a better place. That's a legacy, right? You're not going to say, Oh, 
know, Angela or Derek, great job. Like that was, no, like the whole point is your, your work speaks for itself. Like the work that you, the, what you've left behind is the legacy, right? So if you make a better, like create companies that are more inclusive, create, create a place that have, people have more opportunity, create places where people are not impoverished, create, like that is legacy, right? Like don't worry about where you stand on the legacy. Your, your name is irrelevant. Our, our individual names are irrelevant, right? That's the, that's the, that's the mis-issue with legacy. Like it's nonsense, right? It's in my opinion, it's really about like, is the world better after you're gone? Because if it is great, then you've done a good job. Then you, then you've created a legacy worth actually notating and someone might talk about it. But if, if you are concerned about what you're doing, you missed the point. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. And I think, you know, there, there's some people out there who will never get that. I think they'll continue to think my legacy is how many hours I worked and how long my butt was in the seat at the office and the 20 year, I don't know, uh, 10 year award that I got at a, at a, at a job because I worked my butt off uh, versus yeah, yeah. my legacy was impacting a societal cause or impacting yeah, yeah. the world of work or a, the culture or I shifted the tides around leadership. And so, yeah, I, I, um, that could be a whole nother podcast episode. I feel like yeah. <laughs> yeah. we could, yeah. we could dig, I got, I got, dig into that one. <laughs> for sure. For sure. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's really, yeah. Thank you for raising that question. Well, I, um, you know, I know we talked a lot about a lot today and I think we started, I mean, all of it's connected, right? I think we started with this idea of, uh, the importance of the human at work. And yeah, yeah. I think leadership has a huge hand in creating that environment. Um, and when we, when we think about your solution, um, Life Guides, I think that's something that, that should be driven by the leader, right? Like to, yeah, yeah. to facilitate a tool or a concept or yeah, uh, well-being yeah. like that. So I'm just very excited about what you're working on. And uh, we'll make sure in the show notes to include, you know, links to Life Guides so people can check it out and check you out uh, if they want to learn more. So is there anything else that you want to mention before we close out today? I just want to uh, reiterate my appreciation for you having me on the conversation and sharing about Life Guides and the work that you're doing in raising people's awareness on that we are all human and we all do have other all aspects to our identities and who we are and where we're showing up so thank you for shining that light angel yes well thank you derek for your time and uh we'll talk soon i'm sure <laughs> look forward to it 